Hey everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for... It's time to start us up. Start us up. Oh yeah, start us up. Okay, that was the worst Rolling Stone imitation ever. <laughs> that was really bad. You will never be taking Mick Jagger's job. I kind of think it's cool, though. The Stones, they love Vancouver so much. Only stop in Canada is here in Vancouver. They love it here. Okay. Well, I guess they love the mayor so much because he's so cool. He's so what cool, was, man. What was... Hey, the fun's cool. They just, they need a radio promotions person to work at the, at city hall to, to manage, you know, like let's all stand out in front of the city hall in the dark, in the rain and, and, and yeah. just talk off the cuff about the Rolings. And it's just not. For a building with cool. so many communications people, the yeah. mayor makes, so those, for those who didn't see this, the world's cringiest thing from the mayor about welcoming the Rolling Stones to Vancouver and he said, people are, are losing their shit. Is that what he said? Yep. And he, but he was scripted. So really weird. And he also said some other, like, it was just, and, and the audio was terrible. It was just like, what in the world? That's why I said you need here? a radio promotions person. Yeah, you need a promotions the, the audio. Person, audio yeah. and writing. <laughs> and you know what? People knew in advance, like they would know these it's called embargoed, right? So yeah. There are people that need to know stuff in advance in order to put the pieces in place for an announcement mm -hmm. of something like this. Yeah. Um, pe people know it's you're not allowed to talk of it. It's under embargo until a certain time. So you do preparations. This the appearance is just so much of what is happening out of Vancouver City Hall, as you mentioned, with how many communications people. I don't know how many anymore, because frankly, I'm losing track of who the comms person is that I need to contact to to reach out to the mayor's <laughs> office because the, the changeover, the turnover is real, as are the job postings. If anybody's looking for a comms job, City Hall has There's a lot of them. Really? A lot of them. How about well, not hire them? How about well, just not there, replace? There's that. Or how about using the people that are in there or having them be able to put together something that goes beyond here's your Rolling Stones hat, everybody, and let's stand out front and talk in the rain with horrible audio i mean i don't know I, i'm it's pretty just... sure the rolling stones is going to sell out anyways i mean i'm not sure uh they need much emphasis i saw them in seattle they were amazing that was just before covid and they were i've amazing. seen them but you know they're still yeah but they're still like i'm they're amazing even, every time. i'm even young to be a rolling stones I'm, I'm not actually a rolling stone i didn't really they were like they were not my generation they were right. kind of like emotional rescue was kind of the 80s, 70s but really, they to me, they were always kind of a '60s band, and so you know, I like the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, but they weren't my they weren't my music, and so I'm what you know. So who who thinks this is cool? And, and is it twenty year olds? I don't think my kids could care less about the. I don't know your kid. Did your kid care about the Rolling Stones? No. Nor nor could he afford a ticket to it. Yeah, exactly. So who is the mayor trying to impress here? When I don't know. Dorky, cringy video and. And, and all this promotion. What? Hey, I know. How about there's a band called Farhaven that my son has that could use a little promotion at City Hall. They're Vancouver they based. They're Local struggling. Guys. They make yeah. 300 bucks every couple of weeks when they perform. I mean, and they're you want to help music in the city? Start helping some of these these bands that are just at the fringe and they're just barely surviving at, I'll take at you, all. I'll take you one further. How about creating venue for artists like your son's band 
to yeah. be able to play in regularly where the tickets are next to nothing. So young people can go watch live music instead of staring at their phones and YouTube and whatever and go and enjoy and, and socialize and what have you there. The direction of things, it just feels like we're, we're on this trajectory of kind of whack-a-mole, right? We're like, what's the sparkly thing today? And I'm not saying that I could do a better job at it, but I'm looking at it and thinking, what is the unspun piece here? And, and certainly if we can, let's get to um, really, I think the biggest local uh, story right now is the budget for Vancouver, because even anybody who lives just outside of the city of Vancouver is still impacted by what happens in Vancouver, right? Like there is... Mm -hmm. There's an echo effect. You know, you can say that Burnaby is just over there and look at all the buildings or what have you. A lot of people in Burnaby are downtown Vancouver for whatever reasons. There are a lot of services that are used in in the city that need to be maintained by the budget. What is it, a two billion dollar budget? And you're you're doing a bit of a deep dive into it. What are you seeing there? Two billion dollars. Uh, yeah, well, it's seven plus percent tax increase, but a nine point eight, almost a ten percent uh you know, increasing expenses uh, at City Hall. You know, rate of inflation, what is it, 5%? We'll give you that, maybe four, maybe three yeah. by, by the end of this year. So That's you're hard. looking at a 10% cost increase, you know, you know, expenses on the operating side. This is massive. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just really concerning. And it's not the kind of budget that I expected. That said, yeah. you know, they've adjusted some things. There are some priorities that they've made. I think that what what first okay I have I've only got to page 100 of like a 600 page you know budget because it just right. came out yesterday late yesterday. So Is that I'm, typical? Is it usually 600 pages? Is yeah, that it's usually pretty big because okay. there's a okay. lot of stuff. I don't but, usually go through uh, it also. Yeah, it's usually pretty big. It's okay. you know the first stuff is usually what's interesting is in the previous budgets that were done under the previous government there were a lot of BS at the beginning. A lot of sales Preamble. sales sales about why this and, and this kind of got straight right. to the meat of of the budget which was, you know, the numbers and uh, the priorities. And it's interesting because housing definitely has been pushed down as yeah. a priority. That's always been the main focus of the budgets when they've talked about the operating and the capital, just so you know, for those who know, cities operate with two kinds of budgets. There's an operating budget, which are day-to-day -day expenses, and a capital budget, which is when you invest in things like community centers Stewart. or parks or housing, construction of housing. So the, the budgets are, there are two separate budgets and, but the main budget that we care about, which impacts our property taxes, is the operating budget. And in this case, seven plus seven percent, nine point eight. Seven point six, seven point nine. Yeah, seven point six and nine point eight overall. Um, so it it was really so it it showed you some of the priorities. Now, people of the of the city of Vancouver really wanted priorities on sewers and streets. And so that's you see big increases in those areas, which is something that's been a priority. And that costs money. The 100 police officers that he promised they've been hired. That's a big, huge line. And the, 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 the fire, but the police budget alone and the fire combined is 29, 29 percent of the budget, 30, almost 30 percent of a two billion dollar budget, 600 million dollars. We'll get to Surrey later, but that just gives you an indication of a city the similar size to Surrey of what you can expect. Uh, 20, with a municipal police force. The municipal police force in your own yeah. fire department, you're looking at 30% of your budget. So whatever you got in Surrey I can't right believe now, we have to talk about Surrey again, man. I'm so yeah, sick of talking exactly. about Surrey. Let's go back just for a second. Yes. Let's go back to um, some of the increases that we see. You see fire and police up 23%. City managers up 
a significant amount 27 percent for the city manager's office massive you know why though they they and this is what we talked about a few weeks ago and i said i sure hope they don't move this money and just don't cut it which is the vancouver economic commission was cut yeah nobody really knows what the budget of the evc was i think it was around seven million a year so instead of slashing that they've just basically folded that money into the man city manager's office so really we still have a vancouver economic commission it's just in the city manager's office so uh you know still not still opaque what do they do who knows um where's the money going how's it spent what are the goals we don't know um, we don't know can so, we talk about yeah. green initiatives as well there in, yeah in well the city? yeah i looked at that i quickly looked at that section it for it does prioritize uh you know it doesn't talk about the greenness of the action plan all those things it focuses on because there's also the capital and operating on what you can give but i didn't get it too deep into that but it's definitely not a priority in this budget but it's still a big chunk it still represents a big chunk of our budget um right the uh just gonna go that's so much to read here but yeah it's it's uh what was interesting like poor libraries they're always they're always the one that take, they never go up more than like two percent like sometimes zero percent this year is 3.8 percent civic theaters 1.9 percent so a lot of the traditional arts and they just really they they've pulled in their their budgets but they don't really um that uh, makes me sad libraries and theaters and and what have you like those yeah. as somebody and you and I've talked about it before both both of us were brought up in um I'd say lo lower middle class families like I yeah. my mom was a single mom definitely living on her single salary working swing ship at the hospital as a lab technician with two kids we lived in a co-op you know, we were not going to the grocery store and buying what we wanted. We were going to the grocery store to buy what we could afford. And the, some of the, the few things that we could do as a family was go to the theater, go to Stanley Park and enjoy a train ride. Right. Right. Go to the beach and eat a meal there. And now you can't because you have to pay three hours of parking if you want to do that. And it's too expensive. It would be a non-starter for our family. Well, like all of these things. 13% right? of the revenue, $78 And going to the library. But but the things, there are ways of cutting costs and making money that don't hit the families. I can afford to do all of that now. So I'm not defending myself and my family mm -hmm. in this. I can afford to pay all of what I just said. I just feel for those who are trying to have just somewhere that they can go and something that they can do that isn't all of a sudden taken from them because there is a need to to fund it by way of attending it right there was a time we're going to and i'm super glad that the zoo doesn't really um exist the way it once did i've always felt bad looking at those polar bears uh in stanley park um but we would go there because it wasn't expensive and my grandmother could pack all of her grandchildren onto a free, bus wasn't it? most of it was yeah. free, if i recall yeah you'd walk right in you'd walk mm -hmm. right in but then it got to the point where you couldn't we would pay for the orca exhibit yes but you know i mean when i think back to the way it was back then it's like there, we've learned so much and come a long way but i mean we need to create places and spaces where families who are living with less or working hard to just make ends meet have a place to go and it gets lost in all of these sparkly things right <laughs> and then when you look at the the i'm going all over the place but this is this is who i am um you know when we talk about funding police and fire mm -hmm. i don't feel safe in my city give the police the money they need in order to enforce um sure. what needs to be done here like and when we but then you're looking at 10 percent tax increase or eight percent well, we're looking increase. at a 10 percent tax increase know, anyway and that's the spin the right? unspun part of this is even when the prior administration was there basically doing nothing 
the taxes still were ridiculous, you know, and that's just a reality as we've gotten used to the unspun reality as we've gotten used to in this, the most expensive area code in the country and maybe per capita, the world is just having to pay whatever the new number is. There's just no way to push I, back on it. I don't mind, but we have a, what I never understand though, is we have a growing population in Vancouver, every city in the region does yeah. 5%, 10% oh, look in at some places. You know, you've got a population increase and that's, and I, we've had this conversation before the staff would always say, oh, what, you know, population, more units doesn't mean more money for us. I'm like, yes, it does. <laughs> we've talked about, so it's always it this argue. I was like, of course it does. You've got more units. Uh, you've, yeah. You're getting more taxes. But what's interesting, of course, in this budget, they make this one thing clear. They talk about, they really have made it clear. And this is winning the sales job over the next couple of weeks for sure as part of that. And, and you'll probably see a reduction in, the, in this. We, the presentation from the committee, which is now two months late, this uh, the finance committee that they hired, what's it called? The, uh, what are they called? The, the review committee, finance review committee, made up of a bunch of CGAs. Uh, they're, they, they're two months late with their reports. You know, they're, now they're just putting it in this part of next week's presentation. So we'll be interested to see what they found and what yeah. maybe they can find to cut. But I think that, that was the line by line promise, right? Well, kind of, yeah. So I yeah, think that by they, those people, indep independent yeah, auditors. So the so the budget, though, it, you know, it's a, it's always kind of a sales document. Uh, yeah. In this case, they're really what they focused on, for example, on tax home property tax increases. They've emphasized the fact that a if you live in a condo, your average increase on taxes is a hundred bucks. If you live in a house, it's two hundred and sixty three bucks. So hey, if you want to reduce your taxes by, uh, you know, ninety percent, buy a condo. And of course, that also tells you. No, wait, you it should all, sell also, your condo or your house and try to rent. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it just, <laughs> Could it, you imagine it does, trying though, to rent right now? No. Yeah, no, well, what I it does, feel. though, it shows you that if in order to get $300 in taxes for a single family home, they need three units to replace yeah. that single family home. But I live in a town in a townhouse, a condo unit downtown where there used to be a gas station. There are 300 units there that used to have one single business there. And you yeah. look at there's 10,000 units, you know, in the one block radius of where I live. And so that's a lot of units. So the property, the property budget goes up to, to do what you say, but does, why are property taxes? Why can't they get a handle on some of these yeah. property tax increases? Why can't you build a city with the assumption that, okay, if we know that the taxes for this, you know, condos is less, what do we do? How do we make a budget that comes in at three to 6% as opposed to seven to 10%, which it is now. Yeah. Um, the other thing that was interesting to me, and I'll be looking for more detail on this, is like inspection fees, which is affordability in our system. You know, it, electrical inspections up 30%. Now, I'm not sure if that means that the revenue is, a, is it, you know, that means they're getting 30% more revenue. Well, how? Is it is it increasing costs or is it because they're getting more? I haven't had a chance to look at that. Business license fees up 30%. Yeah. Does that mean there's more businesses applying? I don't think so. I think it must be increases on costs. Parking yeah. set up 13%, $78 million in parking revenue. That's a big, big chunk of that's a, nothing to nothing to sneeze at. Um, and what was the other things? Uh, it's prioritizing water and sewer, as I said. And I think that the sales job that I think we'll see if if they're smart will be, hey, hey, I know it's bad. I know it's bad. And we'll, we're going to cut a percent off, maybe two, one and a half percent off the property tax. We'll get it down to six. Um, and then well, that's what they did last year. Yeah. Last so year, they were like, it's going to be this. And voted. then everybody's like, what? Yes, and then they pulled it down by two and a half percent. And everybody was like, ooh. Exactly. And it's like, let's still way higher than what they promised. But, you know, the they're doing thing. The Can we pivot? Cops. Can we pivot to? Because let me finish, though. The pro cops priority. This is their sales job. They're pro right. cops. And they're going to talk 
the fact that uh, you wanted the sewers and stuff taken care of. So they're going to talk a lot about those things. So you wanted these things uh, and we're giving them to you and they don't, they're not free. So cops, more cops, more police costs, big chunk. Right. Speaking of cops, mm-hmm. um, Brenda Locke kind of agrees with you or is taking notes when she's listening to you of what you would do if yeah. you were her, uh, because the saga continues. This appears to be sort of the last gasp move um by just burn the house down um direct i i would love to see brenda Locke and mike farnworth in a room together talking this uh, that would be yeah, fun yeah. that would be fun. well they she's going to court right so that could be yeah. months could be months um yeah. to go through that process which she probably will lose um but yeah i think the taxpayers of surrey need to look at vancouver's budget and this is what brenda Locke is selling this is what she's pitching to the people uh, saying this is not a two hundred million dollar line item. It's not even a four hundred million dollar. It's it. We're talking with police and fire like Vancouver. We're talking six hundred to seven hundred million dollars. And Surrey's yeah. growing faster. It has more single family homes in Vancouver, which makes it much more. You know, uh, you know, the, the the revenue is a different model. Um, they don't have the density that we have in the city. So it's it's going to be. This is this is her challenge. She's saying, you know, for, this is going to be minimum say two hundred million dollars than you were expecting. I'd like somebody more. to do the math uh, on how much money has been wasted in the fight because it's $8 million a month. And yeah. I've lost track of the number of months because it's just like we're, we've got to be a couple of hundred million dollars into waste at this point. And where's that money coming from? Is it from the reserve? Tax, or? Taxpayers money. Well, it might be coming out of the reserve though. I'm not sure it depends how you, how you spend your money in a city. You have a reserve, you can use it for legal costs. Uh, and those, no, those I mean, the, it's that's not legal cost. Oh, $8 million dollars a month, $8 million dollars a month is two police forces and not, not having two police forces activated because the RCMP doesn't want to give an inch and SPS has to move towards uh, police of jurisdiction. POJ is the, is the goal and the RCMP know exactly what the number is for POJ and they are doing everything they can to block the SPS from getting to that point, which is what the province has said, we need to move towards SPS becoming POJ. And it's so interesting to me, you know, as somebody who lives and and works in Vancouver, I don't live in Surrey, you know, but it matters to me what happens in Surrey because it ultimately does impact. It's the fastest growing municipality in Canada and is probably going to take over being the largest at some point. Um, mm-hmm. just because it can sprawl and build yeah, up and build out, right? 2040, so, right, 2040. And they were talking about like this, the cert, taking it off policing and, and look over at schools. Like that's a big headline right now is how in, in years past, in, in most recent years, um, there would be an, an increase in about 800 students a year uh, in the Surrey school system, public school system. And over the last couple of years, it's been like 2,500 a year. And no schools are being built. We've talked about it before because the school can't be built until the students are already there. And by the time they're there, right. And it's just like, oh my God, you can move in across the street, like own a house across the street from a school catchment. My favorite word. Cause we Uh, moved into places. I live this. I live this in Yale town. We had no school. By the time my kids were finally in grade seven, they built a school and there were hundreds and hundreds of kids just having to go all over the city to go to school in the old town. Yeah. And that's the thing that, yeah, the province is letting the, the community. I mean, this is what this is. This is so political. And I, and I think you and I don't agree a little bit on on the you know, I, I see this as a 
an opportunity and I think she's winning the PR battle. Uh, I get a lot of people tweeting at me saying you're wrong. People in Syria are mad. I don't know. Momentum's on her side right now. It's a long time to the next election, but it's really soon for the next provincial election. And Brenda Locke knows that. And so she yeah. knows that there, that there is, uh, they, they might blink. They might blink. They might go there. You know, we, and we've talked about this a long time ago, but oh, you know, NDP's yeah. got polling in market. They're checking. They don't want to lose those receipts. They're they pulling, they're pulling, they're pulling super high with. because Rustad and Falcon are ripping each other to shreds. Sure, they're splitting the vote on the right so hard yeah, that it's giving, for NDP, it's giving yeah. the NDP the biggest skate yeah. ever. And I don't think any political party should skate, by the way, but the people coming at me going, well, this is going to piss off everybody so much. Those NDP better look out. I'm like, yeah, I don't think you're reading the cards here right now. We'll see what happens over the next year. I'm sure the NDP um, is funding the Conservatives. Yeah, probably. Hey, like... Oh my goodness. Secretly. It's quite, like, but then the rest of stuff. So he got booted from BC United for being anti or climate emergency denial guy. Right. That, that was yeah, what got him booted. Right. Yeah. He, but he that was, was contrary. Cat. LGBT. I thought too. I thought he was also, there's some stuff he said about right. that too. But, oh, I hate uh, that. Yeah. He's and I such think... an odd one on Twitter, man. He is very, ripping a page out of the, again, the scorched earth conservative, you know, yeah. I'm going to ax the carbon tax. Can't, uh, I'm going to, you know, dial back the, uh, EV, um, uh, what do you call it? Rebates. And, 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 and then he, he got me when he's like, we're going to go, we're going to make it. So electric vehicles can't go in the HOV lane. I'm like, okay, now you're coming at what? Like wealthy people who vote for conservatives, no, <laughs> all driving their right, Tesla. Exactly. Like, or just not even wealthy people that vote for conservative, just people who made the change, commuters, people who've moved way out of town are like, okay, well, I'm going to move out of town, but I'm going to buy an EV because it's the right thing to do long-term, I'm being told. Um, and it will yeah. also make it so I can, I can get to and from where I need to go without sitting in the crazy traffic. And then all of a sudden there's somebody running on taking that away. I don't think that's a smart move well, and for, if you look for rest at, at. I don't. And, and I don't drive. Is, I don't drive to yeah. work. I don't commute. So I'm not I'm not yeah. speaking for myself. If you want to, if, yeah, the, the states, the, the recent study in the states with regards to the EV process that Biden brought in um, yeah. from cradle to grave process, right? Like of a car. And they've made it all these plans, like from the mining to the yeah. recycling of, a, of an electric car. They've got grants and money for everything. But the one that's most, it's been really effective to process. The whole, it's amazing how effective. One thing that hasn't worked is the sales of cars. And, and the reason why, which is what we have in BC, is that you couldn't before, until recently, use that money for leasing the electric vehicle, this grant. For, and they just changed that in the States. And right. now they're seeing a massive increase in sales or leasing. So if you want to get people out of their gas guzzling cars, you got you to clearly you have to give them cash. Yeah. And yeah. not to have make that. it easy. And, and, the rev and the and the carbon tax revenue neutral. I see that's you know federally it's also happening. Uh, these are things that if you as long as you invest the money back into the economy to fix the problem that you're talking about. This is what drives me crazy when we talk about the empty homes tax and all these things. Let's Show go to speculation direct, tax. Direct correlation, please. For every penny you're bringing in, I want to know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Penny for penny. I want this neutral revenue. So this neutral. is you do not take this cash out of my pocket, man. So the speculation tax now to to curb the foreign owners, the owners who are holding properties and leaving them empty and not having, you know, long term renters 
in their second properties and adding adding the speculation tax to it, expanded to 13 more communities. You know what? If we're going to cherry pick around the province to places that are largely now resort communities, I mean, I would argue that Lake Country um, is and just strangely not is just as generally. the Mostly right, but NDP how writings. about how about the Gulf Islands? How about how about, how about Whistler? NDP Gulf how about Islands? Squamish? Yeah. How, how about every yeah. freaking where? How about all over the province? You do or you don't. If we're do gonna it. do exactly. I am super down with that because and and then looking at it, going, oh my god, two percent, two percent on my second property. I'm like, okay, calm your boots. If you live in the <laughs> province and pay taxes here, it's actually 005 percent. Still expensive, but not mm-hmm. the the two percent that it costs somebody who who lives outside of British Columbia, which again, I'm not a fan of the, I don't think it actually creates um, more space for people to no. rent. Cause if you're not, I, I do I, like, I'm with you. so this is what we taught the federal government. Finally getting involved in how you actually can do this, which they should have done years ago. We talked about yeah. it. The best way to get at this and people speculating or renting their units is start taxing them at the income level as a business. Start getting at them that way. That will yeah. at least bring in cash, but also de-incentivize the people who are a marginal and profit or whatever. You have to you have to go to the source on a basic income tax is how you do this. And the only person that can control that only is the federal government. Finally, finally, the federal government's getting involved in that. It's just been, why have they waited? If you want to deal with speculation and empty homes, you, cities and gov- provincial governments can't manage this. It's a federal government issue. Housing has to be a national initiative. And yeah. the stuff they keep doing is so, you know, like it's backwards. just not making it's a backwards. difference. And I, I will add the unspun piece of this that I see is when we ask like, why not sooner? Why not different when you brought the speculation tax in? Because bringing the speculation tax was pre-pandemic, right? And then the pandemic hits. Obviously, that's not the top line sparkly thing news story. Mm -hmm. And nobody can travel anywhere. Everybody said, well, let's take whatever we've got and find a place that we can go that we can, you know, escape our little box in the sky near where we live. Or we, you know, divest ourselves of that property and buy two smaller, one in a suburb and one someplace we love to go for our vacations that are all within the province. And now back, boom, pandemic, we're in endemic stage of that. Inflation is crazy because of all the money that's been um, handed out and and everything. And now we're raising bank rates or raising Bank of Canada, raising rates, which lending rates go up. And now we're looking at the people with the mortgages. Oh my God, they're not even able to make their payments. And now we're going to tax them more for the place they bought during a pandemic. It's like, Mm -hmm. holy crap. Like somebody think about the people here. Like the the taxpayer is the only generator of all of this money that we've talked about. (laughs) You and me are the only place that this all comes from. Even if you're paying for parking, you're still still Yeah, totally. And it just, it does feel like we're, we're, we're tipping over a spot where things need to be reassessed in, in how it unfolds. Well, because I don't, I don't love the fact that only over there and over there are going to have this pain that they're going to have to take. But over here where all my friends live, exempted. It's like You need what? nimble taxes that are based at the source. And that's income tax is the most effective one that you can deal with, whether it be and and, and corporate tax, which sure. is you build housing. We talked about this and there are some programs now, but unlike the ones in the set where you just say, hey, you know, if you give 
$10,000 to this nonprofit, you're going to have 100% write off as a corporation and you get your name black on the building. Let's uh, do it. Why they got torn, got ripped apart in the early 90s by the yeah. liberals and saved them, you know, to get them lots of revenue because they, suddenly they were all this money that corporations were paying and individuals who were donating and, and, and housing wasn't being built anymore. And as a right. result, guess what? We Here don't we have are. Social housing anymore. And we don't have co-ops and we don't have anything being built anymore because there's no incentive. You either punish through taxation or you incent taxation, personal taxation nationally, and you have a national program when it comes to housing uh, and that will deal with it. But we have a country that's getting separated, chunked up. Alberta wants to have its own CPP. It's, it's like, okay, good luck. I hope when you retire, if you get your own CPP, when you come to BC, you don't get CPP. Yeah. You, you don't yeah. get our CPP, buddy. Sorry, you don't get to move that's to a, That's a note we right. should have for next next week. Let's talk about that further because it, it is an interesting one. But we're out of time. Trying to stick to time. we got one minute left here. Not even. Uh, if you want to follow along, of course, you go to unspunpodcast.com. Click subscribe. It comes right to your email inbox every Thursday. Uh, you obviously need to follow this one on his social media. It is at George underscore Affleck. George underscore Affleck, just to keep it simple. I'm at Jody Vance, Jody with a Y, at Jody Vance on the Twitter. I refuse to call it anything else um, because I'm bitter at the Twitter. We have so much we could have talked about, so much more we could have talked about, but let's save it all for next week. Say goodbye, George. <laughs> Bye.